Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. What's the most common mistake writers make with dialogue? Too damn much of it. Bloated dialogue. In today's episode, we'll talk about what causes bloated dialogue, and I'll break down three ways to make your dialogue crisp, taut, and charged by the needs of your story. Let's go. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. The number one mistake writers make over and over with dialogue is making the dialogue do too much. So it's doing too much of the heavy lifting of the story. In some cases, it's giving away the plot and it's often describing the backstory. So the characters will be talking about everything that happened before to fill the reader in. And sometimes it's just giving the shorthand for the conflict, or it tells all the surrounding circumstances. So characters are saying things to spoon feed the reader information. And this deflates all the tension and suspense for the reader because it's giving everything away in the dialogue. So the dialogue is bloated with exposition. And this happens when the dialogue is shaped for the reader, but not the characters. So the writer uses dialogue to remind the reader of what the conflicts are and to explain the circumstances beyond what's realistic, believable, or necessary. So the writer views the character talking for the benefit of the reader. So all the words are spoken for the reader and the characters aren't talking to each other and it rings false to the reader because it is. And that's because if you have Joe and Janet talking, both of them are not talking to each other. They're talking to the reader. But when you have Joe and Janet talking to each other, your reader then is able to participate So if Joe is talking to Janet, the reader should be the secondary audience, not the primary audience. So readers get to listen in and they're eavesdropping and they get to derive the meaning from the conversation. It's not spoon fed to them. So story dialogue is shaped 
compressed, and it gets its charge from your characters. So to avoid bloated dialogue, here are my three tips. Number one, know what your characters want and need from this conversation. Now, you don't have to tell that. In fact, you shouldn't. You want to avoid exposition, right? You just need to know it. You need to know the underlying desires and motivations that are fueling what your characters say. So your character comes into the scene, into the conversation, wanting something, and the other character isn't willing to give it, or there's some kind of resistance. Now, we're not talking about grand conflict here. Nothing epic, right? So if your character comes into the conversation wanting to tell her husband that she wants to leave him, let him push back. Bring some tension into the dialogue. Number two, you want to compress. So you want to cut your dialogue to the barest bones. You want the core of your dialogue to be the clearest expression. So to do this, to practice this, limit the exchange to three to five words for each character. So Bobby Ann Mason's story, Shiloh, is a great example of compression. So here we have Norma Jean, who's been going through this self-identity renewal throughout the story. So we meet her on page one, and she's lifting weights and getting in shape, and she's starting to feel her own power, and she's coming into her own. And she's been feeling trapped in her marriage to Leroy, and at the end of the story, she and Leroy go on this picnic, and she tells him she wants to leave him. Now, here's an example of what you don't want to do. Leroy, I've been feeling trapped in this marriage. We've been married for 25 years. I want a divorce. But I love you. Don't leave me. I know you've been bored. I'll do whatever it takes. Just tell me what you want. I've changed, Leroy. I just want different things now. I want to be on my own to find out who I am. I want a divorce. Okay, so this is clearly expositional. It's bloated. It's for the reader. It's not for the characters. Now, obviously, they know how long they've been married and so on. So it's not believable. It's really flat. Now, keep in mind that in most of our relationships, there are these uh, tacit understanding. So a lot of it is unspoken. We don't need to remind each other how long we've been married and so forth, right? So you don't need to have characters tell things that they would reasonably already know. So here's the way that Bobby Ann Mason writes this conversation. Without looking at Leroy, she says, I want to leave you. Leroy takes a bottle of Coke out of the cooler and flips off the cap. He holds the bottle poised near his mouth, but cannot remember to take a drink. Finally, he says, no, you don't. Yes, I do. I won't let you. You can't stop me. Don't do me that way. Okay, so listen to the beats here. There are three to five words per exchange. I want to leave you. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I won't let you. You can't stop me. Don't do me that way. 
Okay, so it's taught, it's it's not expository, and the motivations of both characters are running underneath the words. They're talking to each other, and we are eavesdropping. So number one, you want to know what your characters want and need from the conversation. And number two, you want to compress the dialogue to its essence. And number three, read it out loud. You should be able to hear your characters' voices. You want to listen for what's underneath what your characters say, and you want to listen for any false notes or anything that the characters already would reasonably know about their situation. And you want to make sure that they're talking to each other and not to the reader. You want to listen for the rhythm and the beats of the dialogue. Now, to help you understand your character's desires and what motivates them to say the things they say, I have a free character questionnaire to help you do just that. You can download it right now by going to nancypinuccio.com forward slash character, nancypinuccio.com forward slash character. So let's recap. To avoid bloated dialogue, Number one, know what your characters want and need from the conversation. What's motivating them to say what they say? You know, dialogue gets its charge from your characters. So you want to write dialogue for your characters, not your reader. Your reader gets to see what characters say and gets to derive the meaning of what they say for themselves. Number two, compress distill the dialogue, crystallize it into its barest bones. Now to practice this, you want to limit each character exchange to three to five words each. And number three, read it out loud. Listen for the rhythm and the beats. Cut any exposition or anything your characters would reasonably know about their own situation. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Writer Unleashed. More free resources are available at nancypinuccio.com. So head on over there to grab your gifts. And if you want to connect with more like-minded writers and with me, join us in our private Facebook group over at facebook.com slash groups slash writer unleashed community. It's totally free to join. I'll see you next week same time, same place. Till then, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon.